you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everybody. Before your show, this is Alex Gelhart from the Fantasy Live podcast telling you to check out our latest episode. We talk about all the fantasy impacts of the 2016 NFL Draft. Is Ezekiel Elliott a first-rounder? Which of the wide receivers have the best fit? And who are the sleeper running backs to target? Check out the episode on NFL.com slash podcasts, iTunes, or your favorite podcast app. Now enjoy your show. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? The draft is over. It's, it's, time never, to, it's never over. It's too. over, Bucky. It's, uh, time, it's, it's time to never, recap it, though. DJ and Bucky over. are Move the Sticks. Uh, first of all, nice and warm in my little cozy studio out there in <sighs> Draft Town. I don't think yeah. you had the same luxury, Buck. Ridiculous how cold it was. It was cold. It was rainy. It was loud because <laughs> we had the fans out there. Um I know there are a lot of comments about voice and stuff like that, but, you know, you do what you do. But it was a lot of fun. I mean, I think it's always fun and exciting because the first round was really exciting for a number of reasons. So it was a good experience. I'm, I'm excited that we did it, and I'm glad that it's over. Before well, we get started, fellas. Go ahead. I got some beef. With oh, DJ, it's a Tennessee thing. Yeah. yeah, you didn't have any players picked, bro. What do you want? I realize that. I realize that. But still, that <laughs> so that was that was a so- shot. Sully just jumped right in the top of the pot. Right, yes. Right, right in. We have well, to address this before we, well, here's we dive deal. in. Here's the deal. Me and CD always uh, bust on each other about our schools, different things. Yeah. The, iron, the sweet irony of the whole deal is that App State opens at Tennessee. Yes. I, I almost sent an apology to my head coach. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we're, every player that's getting picked, and then finally, you know, we're four or five. Our App State guy, Ronald Blair, already got picked. And so it literally just started going around the desk of, you know, man, Charles in the Tennessee hadn't had anybody get picked. Right. Then every school, every like smaller school, go, oh, they got more players picked than, uh, than Tennessee. <laughs> Last year broke the streak. Yeah. First time in 50 years we haven't had a player drafted, and then two straight years we haven't had a player drafted. So then we have Moritz Boehringer from Germany. He gets picked, and he's on our set, and it's a feel-good story of the draft, and we're visiting with him, and then we kind of wrap that up, and I just said, hey, CD, as a reminder, Germany, more players picked than, uh, than Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> so Sully was not a fan of that. No. I got a lot of grief from Tennessee fans online. Well, I'm sure you know, did. that's just because all of our great players came back. I'm like, I didn't yeah. reply to him, but you're, That's ten- true. you're Tennessee. Okay, you still need even some. if you have great players coming back, you, yeah. you can't have a senior we had, class we had, produce zero draft picks. We had a dip in coaching there for a little bit. Wow. So that's all right. Though. This is it. the year. Tennessee's yeah. going to win it the whole the year. thing. That's right. Sure. The whole the whole Magilla. What do they? They have 13. So they'll finish 12 and one, lose to App State, and see if they get in the playoff. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's. The way I want to organize this, we don't have a ton of time here, Bucky, because we have more TV stuff to do. Um, let's go. You have it listed by round, right? You got the draft by round. Uh, I have it. Uh, I got a couple. I have yeah by round. Okay, let's just start by round and kind of go through. Pick out a couple that you like in in uh, in each round, and then we might just go through the teams. Just try and grab one player, one pick that we liked. Okay, so let's go round number one. We got the quarterbacks up there at the top. Joey Bosa was a little bit of a surprise, I think, to San Diego, although we heard some rumblings there. We know the order on down the list. I'll tell you, let's do one that we liked and one that we kind of were, eh, maybe okay. didn't feel so much. Uh, you want me to start us off? Yeah, I'll let you go. Well, the guy that I kind of wrote throughout the whole process, Ryan Kelly, 
the best interior offensive lineman in the draft. You definitely called that one. I believe in him. I think he's a really, really good player, and I think the Colts were smart to go ahead and lock him in at pick number 18, somebody to protect Andrew Luck, provide some stability, that offensive line. And we'll get to their team in a little bit. They draft four offensive linemen. So they finally they finally addressed that, and I think they got that taken care of. I like the Ryan Kelly pick. You know, I'm going to go even – I'm going to go higher. I'm going to okay. go in the top five. I'm going to go Ezekiel Elliott to the Cowboys. Okay. And I think just from a – philosophical standpoint there's been a lot of conversation about running backs and whether running backs are worthy of going off the board in the top five I think in this case it absolutely works I felt like he was a special player Um, I may have had him rated like eight or nine in my top 50 but in that situation in Dallas where you have a dominant offensive line you have a quarterback that needs some of the pressure alleviated off his shoulders Ezekiel Elliott is the perfect guy I think this could be a player that in his rookie season maybe gets 1300 yards but the bigger thing is his presence will allow him to kind of follow the blueprint that helped him win the NFC East a couple years ago. Yeah, look, I don't think they could go wrong there. It was going to be Elliott or Ramsey. I think either one of them would have been good fits for that football team. One that I didn't like, and I like the overall draft philosophy and the haul that the Tennessee Titans got, and I like Jack Conklin as a player. I think I had him, I don't know, somewhere in the teens, somewhere mm-hmm. around there, maybe 20. Um, I think I had him as my 20th overall guy, actually. I like Conklin. I wouldn't have traded up for him. I wouldn't have parted with picks for Jack Conklin, especially if you could have sat there at 15. Taylor Decker ended up going 16 to Detroit. You could have sat right there, held on to whatever you had to give up to go up to eight and got Taylor Decker. And I don't know if there's that much difference. And I can even argue I think Taylor Decker is a better pass protector right now than Jack Conklin. So I didn't love that one. You know, I, it's one of those things because when they moved up, I was wondering if who they were. I thought it would be Tunsil. But I can understand the logic if the logic is Taylor Lewan is our left tackle. We want to go and get the best guy that can transition into a right tackle. Conklin certainly, certainly is that guy. Um, I'm not as down on the pick. I think they're trying to create like a physical team, an exotic smash-mouth attack. Uh, it would be interesting to see how that plays out because I'm not worried about Conklin's play. I'm more worried about Lamont's play against the premier pass rushers that he JJ's can JJ's been going and playing the right tackles, too. So yes, Conklin's so going to have to deal with that. And Conklin's got some pass pro stuff he needs to clean up. That's, uh, that's, some of the heel that's, clicking and different things he does. But you know, that's here's it. my thing. My thing on it is this, Buck. You, you had the number one overall pick. Absolutely. And they've got a lot of good players. But with when you have the number one overall pick, you need to come away with some premier guys. And I just I never viewed Jack Conklin in that light at all. Yeah, I mean, time, you know, time time will tell. Like, I, I think he's a very, very good player. I don't think that he is the player that Laramie Tunsil is. I felt like there was a lot of separation between Tunsil and even Ronnie Stanley and the rest of those guys. But we'll see. At right tackle, maybe you put him over there, maybe because of the run game, it has more value. The guy for me that I'm a little perplexed about going is Eli Apple to the Giants yeah. at number 10. The funny thing, I think this is full circle for you because early in one of your mock drafts. I had him going nine. You had him going up there in the top 10. The thing for Eli Apple to me with the Giants, I understand that they're a team that really digs into the prototypical physical dimensions. He's tall. He's long. He's fast enough when it comes to the combine results and the measurables. Uh, but when you look at him on tape, to me, he's a little inconsistent when it comes to a top 10 value. In their situation, he'll come in, he'll be the nickel corner. I just believe that there are guys who 
are maybe better overall players. Vernon Hargraves, to me, is a better player, but maybe you don't like the size. I think you can make the argument that William Jackson and Artie Burns are comparable players in the same conversation. For me, a top 10 pick is someone who should be uh, almost like a transcendent talent, a guy that in every draft class we're saying he's one of the top two corners, and I just don't see Eli Apple in that vein. Can I give you just my, my quick take on this? We'll move to the second round because we've got to keep rolling here. You've been in the room when this has happened, and I think this is what happened in this instance. Remember Leonard, they, yeah. Leonard Floyd, they trade up, the Bears trade up right in front of him and take their guy, Leonard Floyd. I really believe they would have taken Leonard Floyd, and then once he's gone, you kind of – that's you a doomsday. Scrambling. It's a doomsday. You're, you're like, scrambling. oh, man, we just got wiped. Yeah, and I think that's a little bit of a scramble. You're scrambling. You have 15 minutes. You're trying to figure out. You're looking at the board. You're trying to see what's going on. You can't take the tonsil thing because it's – I mean, it's a cloud. So I can't see uh, the last-minute situation kind of forcing that. All right, one I like in the second round. Let's move on to the second round. I love Hunter Henry to the Chargers. I've been kind of beating on the Chargers, and I was beating on them at number three saying, hey, do something to help out Phillip Rivers. And at that time, I'm saying, okay, Laramie Tunsil is a big upgrade for you on the offensive line. At least you're doing something to help your quarterback. They went ahead and went Joey Bosa. I don't hate it. I like Joey Bosa as a player. But Hunter Henry gives him a big-time – weapon to work the middle of the field. You've got Keenan Allen who can do some of that dirty work. Now you've got Hunter Henry with Antonio Gates getting up there in age. You lose the other tight end, Ladarius Green, to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the offseason. I liked Hunter Henry. I think you'll have a productive year one here. I thought he was clearly the top tight end in this draft. You know, it's a good pick. It's a good pick because I think you get him right where he should be. I think I had him rated at 35 or 36 on my list. I believe he's top or second round value, a guy that can come in and replace Antonio Gates. It ends up working out very, very well for the San Diego Chargers. So that is a nice pick. For me, um, it's kind of like being a parent. So sometimes you have to harsh, you have to uh, criticize harshly, yeah. but then you got to love them up. So I'm going to go right back to the Giants, and I'm going to talk about Sterling Shepard. Okay. Sterling Shepard is a great fit in this offense because this offense is really a dink and dunk offense, an offense that really relies on slants and quick throws to the receivers, and you depend on the receiver to make plays after the catch. He is one of the best route runners in the draft. Initially, I was worried a little bit about his size, but in this situation, he is a nice complement or replacement to Victor Cruz. And if Victor Cruz comes back with Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard, you have versatility because I think you can miss and match all of these guys and kind of put them in. We saw what the Packers have been able to do with a number of receivers. The Giants are trying to follow that model. Sterling Shepard gives them an opportunity to do that. I like Sterling Shepard. Right, one that I don't like. I was never a big Christian Hackenberg fan. And I thought, okay, this is a project. Third, fourth round, I get it. I can get on board with that. You're the Jets. You've done this. You've taken these second-tier guys so many (laughs) times, right? They've done it with Geno, right? Then they've done it with Bryce Petty. Now you've done it here with Hackenberg. None of them are going to be good enough, Bucky. So to me, I look at all the other players they could have got in that spot there to help their football team. I would rather have some of those other quarterbacks later on in the draft and use this pick in round number two. Man, that's that that was too rich for me. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely a little a little rich. Um, you know, it's funny because I'm looking through the rest of these. There are not many that I don't like. Did you like Jihad Ward? Jihad Ward there? That was a little I, bit early. Yeah, it's a little uh, early. But the Raiders the, at 44. But when I'm looking at the pool of talent that was available, maybe they're saying we need to grab a guy. I mean, maybe he moves inside. Maybe he plays outside. I, I'm okay with it. I think for me, the one that may be a question would be Carolina Panthers taking James Bradbury. Oh, I like James Bradbury. Yeah, I like James Bradbury, but I think what you're doing, and I actually like the Panthers draft overall because they took three corners, three long corners with that ball can skills. play ball skills. And to me, what it is is the perfect scheme fit type pick. However, just because of uh, the Sanford thing, like 
David Gettleman making issues. You replace Josh Norman. It's just a lot of pressure on a guy making that transition. Can he make that transition quickly? Because it took Josh Norman a while to go from Coastal Carolina to being able to be a legitimate starter in the league. All right, we get into round three. There's a lot of picks in here that I like. So just trying to pick out one is difficult. Um, I'll tell you what. The one that <coughs> the one that I like the most, I love Javon Hargrave to Pittsburgh. That, that, That's I'm a really big, good pick. I'm a big Javon Hargrave. But I'm going to go down to the bottom here. I'm going to go Denver, last pick of the third round, Justin Simmons, a safety with size. It's it's hard to find high safeties anymore. There's all these box safeties. Um, or you get your high safety, you have to sacrifice size. He gives you some size. But he also has that range in, uh, in ball skills there. I think he's going to be a solid starting safety in the league. They got him in the last pick of the third round. Good job by the Broncos. No, I think that's, an, that's, another, good, that's another good pick. Um, for me, the Miami Dolphins taking Kenyon Drake. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a team that is looking for a running back. Uh, they're trying to figure out how to go and get it done. Lamar Ken- Miller's gone. Lamar Miller's gone. And Kenyon Drake, to me, I, th- I think the big thing that you have to look at when you look at Alabama running backs, uh, despite his injury issues, Kenyon Drake was always in the rotation no matter who the other starting running back was. He's a guy that can run it. He also catches the ball out the backfield and brings return skills. He should be a nice complimentary rotation guy in that offense. All right, let's just stay positive now because we're – going to be up against the clock so we can kind of get to these rounds hold on hold on i can't i can't let it go you want to hit one on the third i can't let it go i just want to have a conversation because you you brought this up you had heard this intel before third round quarterback usc oh there you go yeah going to the cleveland browns give me your thoughts overall on kessler wow we talked about it on here that i had heard rumblings that he could be in the second round mix for, for the cleveland browns so that one to me it wasn't personally a shock that they did it the third i think it was I don't think it was the right move. I mean, he would have been way down the list for me. And I like Cody Kessler as, as a kid. He's really smart. He's a great tell me kid. What, tell me what your concerns are. My concerns are him in that division, being able to play. It's really, really kind of power football. And you can point to Andy Dalton as the one guy that's that undersized quarterback in that division. But Andy Dalton's got a strong arm. Andy, Andy Dalton can get himself away from the trouble you're going to find yourself in this division. I don't think Cody Kessler really brings both those things to the table. I don't think he's going to be able to extend plays. I think he's going to struggle cutting through the wind and the weather you're going to play at in the AFC North. And physically, I think he's going to take a beating in there. So I, I just – look, they, they've tried this before. We've seen a Colt McCoy go in there as an, that undersized kind of – yeah, it's yeah. not going to work. It, it, these are – this is a division for big, powerful guys, and I just don't think he really – cuts the mold there in this division if he would have gone to say you know i know the rams took golf but if he would have gone to a team in this division arizona say if he would have gone west even to arizona team. west coast team in the fifth round sixth round and you're going to wait take some time and maybe maybe he could be a guy but i don't get it and we'll get to the browns i don't want to shoot all my bullets on the browns right now so oh, that's my take no you know the thing is i like cody kessler as a kid i love his aptitude and competitiveness i do think the issues that you bring up like in terms of the arm strength i think that could be a concern but uh, Look, Bucky, I know he's my guy, right? But if I told you before the draft, you can take a third and have Cody Kessler or a sixth and have Brandon no, Allen. I, I get it. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're Come saying. Come on, man. All right, let's move on. Let's let's go positive, though. Let's go fourth round. Pick that you really liked in the fourth round. I'll, I'll start us off. I'll go New England Patriots, Malcolm Mitchell. I did not love the Patriots draft, and there's a lot of times when the Patriots draft, I think they just give up opportunity after opportunity to get good players, <laughs> and it, I scratch my head. Uh, but – 
Malcolm Mitchell, to me, out of Georgia, I think he's a really good route runner. He can play inside. He can play outside. I thought he was a little bit undervalued, and I thought that was a good pick for him there in the fourth round. He is a good pick. Uh, I was tipped off to Malcolm Mitchell a couple of years ago. I had a scout tell me that this guy is a guy that had first-round talent. Uh, I want to say he made a conversion from – he was a defensive back to move to wide receiver. Super talented, and when you look at the Patriots' history, they typically like these versatile, hybrid, two-phase players. I like that pick. I'm going to go further in the fourth round. I'm going to say Devontae Booker going to the Denver Ooh, I Broncos. I love that pick. Uh, the big thing in scouting is scheme fit, finding guys that perfectly meld to a scheme. He is a nice fit in Denver's system. When I looked at him on tape, he reminded me of Arian Foster, and I don't think it's a coincidence that Gary Kubiak goes and gets him because we saw the success that Foster had, smooth runner, smooth pass catcher out the backfield. I think Devontae Booker could be a star in Denver. See if you back me up on this because I said on TV and some Bronco fans took issue with it. I said, oh, he's already the most talented runner on their roster. Absolutely. I didn't think that was that much Upgrade. of a bold statement. They, they, we had just won a Super Bowl with C.J. Anderson. I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's this fine. is a better yeah. football player. Much better football player than C.J. Anderson and Ronnie Hillman. All right, let's move on now to the next round. Uh, round number five, scrolling through here, find one that I really, really like. Yeah. One that was interesting to me was Cole Toner, the tackle from Harvard going to Arizona, because you had the issues last year with a player that I really like, D.J. Humphreys. But, I, you know, the development was slow. It took some time. I think mentally there were some issues there, the hurdles. So they went out and got the polar opposite here uh, in uh, in Toner. And I think Toner, if anything else, if nothing else, he's going to be able to play a bunch of different spots. He can be kind of that utility backup, and I think he's going to help out the room in terms of just what this guy's going to bring uh, from a mental standpoint. Obviously, he's, a, he's an Ivy League kid. He was smart. Let me go the one that I really, really liked. Oh, was it? I think it was this round here. Let me find it. Was uh, There it is, Wendell Smallwood. <laughs> I, I, lo- I love Wendell Smallwood. The Eagles took Wendell Smallwood, fifth round, pick 153. I think he's got some big-time juice. Uh, he's he's somebody that can hit home runs. Uh, I know in that room, and that scouting department, they put a lot of emphasis on explosive plays, especially from the running back, you know, runs over 10-plus yards even to tally those up, and he had a bunch of them. To me, catch the ball out of the backfield, runs hard. I just – I like that pick. I think at that point in the draft it was good value. No, for me, I'm going to go to the Baltimore Ravens, your former squad, and I'm going to go with Matt Udon from Grand Valley State. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason I think this is a good pick for them is they're trying to really accumulate enough pass rushes where they can really get after the get after the quarterback in that division. I think this is a guy, you talk about a small school guy who has a lot of production on tape. You see it when you watch the tape, the numbers. And I'm just a believer that sometimes those numbers translate I'm willing to bank that based on the success that they've had with other guys that have kind of rolled into those systems and rolled into those roles, he's going to be a guy that we end up talking about down the road. All right, sixth round, Dallas Cowboys pick 212 bottom, towards the bottom of the sixth round, which was the longest round in draft history. I think it took forever. <laughs> Kayvon Frazier. I thought – This I is your Kayvon guy. Kayvon Frazier like a third-round grade out of Central Michigan. This I think he's a versatile guy. safety. He'll hit you. He can make some plays on the ball. I, he's got good enough size. I – I was a Kayvon Frazier guy. I was kind of surprised he lasted this long. You know, it's funny because we all end up falling in love with our guys. And my guy right now is the Buffalo Bills pick at 192, Kobe Listenby. There you go. From TCU. Talk about top speed. Yeah, I mean, this is a draft that we didn't have a lot of speedy receivers. He's one of the, the, the best and fastest on the board. I like his vertical ability. I like the way you can position him in that wide receiver core to really take the top off the defense. As either the third or fourth receiver, he should alleviate some of the coverage on Sammy Watkins. He could be a home run hitter 
in that offense. And overall, I like what the Buffalo Bills did, but I really like what they were able to do on, on offense because you get Listenby, and then the round before you go get Jonathan Williams and 12-gauge in the fourth round. I like what they did on day three. All right, round number seven, and then we're going to just whip through these teams here. I have no choice but to go with my guy Daniel Braverman. Wide receiver from Western that? Michigan. Came in here on our Move the Sticks 360 series. If you haven't checked that out, be sure to go to uh, to our uh, playlist, uh, Move the Sticks playlist on the NFL channel on YouTube. We have uh, interviews with a bunch of these guys. TD, I believe they all got drafted. Behind the glass, thumbs up. Yeah, all these guys got picked that we interviewed. And uh, Braverman was one of them. I thought going to the Bears uh, with the two, two guys outside, Kevin White coming back healthy. People don't forget about him. Yep. Alshon Jeffrey outside. Braverman's going to do some damage in the slot. Should, should have a lot of opportunities to get one-on-one in the slot. I liked him. I'm glad he was able to go off the Thomas board. Duarte went right after him, by the way. Two, you know, another six, one. Three, that, sixty guys. That's another one. Tied one of my guys, UCLA. Thomas Duarte. I'm going to go to the hometown. I'm going to go to my home high school. Keith Marshall going to the Washington Redskins at 242. I think the intel on Keith Marshall is Randy Jordan, the running backs coach for the Washington Redskins, was a running backs coach in college a few years ago when Keith Marshall was coming out. They recruited him heavily at North Carolina, knew what he was, and I think people forget that he was the more sought-after recruiting Ty Gurley when he went down to Georgia. How about that? You know, and so what you're hoping is another year removed away from that ACL surgery, he gets back to showing the promise that he showed very early in his career at Georgia. All right, and we're, we're, uh, we're short on time, so we're going to whip through these teams. Give me a thumbs up or thumbs down behind the glass here. we got another show coming up later this week, but I want to get a quick survey. I want to run through these teams, so if you're a fan of, of, of any team, we're going to touch somebody in your draft. I know that the Laramie Tunsil thing was big news. I know everybody's been talking about it like crazy, but I'd rather spend this time right now going over the teams. So I get a thumbs up on that. We'll do the, we can do the Tunsil thing later on in the week. Yeah, cool? yeah, we have a full video show coming out later in the week, so uh, all right, definitely. Cool. Thank yeah, you, whip around. All right, let's move. You got the teams. But, but the yeah, I got teams. the teams list. All right, so let's just go every other one. So you start us off. Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals. Give me a pick that you really liked. Robert Kimdichie. I like the amount of time that they spent in there. I've compared him to Darnell Dockett. Darnell Dockett had a tremendous amount of success in Arizona in a similar scheme. I think he's a great fit for the Cardinals. Yeah, look at look at TD timing in back there. He's a, he's a big fan of that. Um, I'm going to go Atlanta Falcons. And I'm going to say Austin Hooper. We've been begging them throughout this whole time to get a get tight end to ultimately tight. replace what you had in Tony Gonzalez. It took a while here, but they go Austin Hooper from Stanford in round number three. I like that pick. I'm going to go Baltimore Ravens. How about Tavon Young, cornerback for Temple? I think he may be the best nickel corner in the draft. Love his feet, his eyes, his instincts, his awareness. In this system where you're playing nickel maybe 60%, 70% of the time, he should be able to get on the field and really make a ton of plays on tips and overthrows. Buffalo Bills, fifth round, Jonathan Williams. You touched on uh, Listenby. I love Jonathan Williams as a running back. I thought there was a lot of value in the position later on in the draft. He's a loose, fluid guy. Um, I, if he missed this season, I think he would have gone higher, obviously, if he would have played this past year. I think fifth round, Jonathan Williams, big-time steal for the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to go Carolina Panthers. I'm going to go with their last pick, seventh round, 200 200- and 52nd pick. How about Bo Sandlin from Montana State? You want to ex- continue to expand the strike zone for Cam Newton. Bo Sandlin is a big, long, rangy pass catcher. You put him with Greg Olson, you have an opportunity to really create mismatches. I like that pick for the Panthers. All right, Chicago Bears. Leonard Floyd goes early, but they end up getting Jonathan Bullard in the third round out of Florida. And I think he's a defensive end, can rush inside as well. I think when you get in sub packages now, they're going to be able to get after quarterbacks. You can line him up next to Leonard Floyd, and Bullard is going to beat up on some guards inside. I like what he brings to the table. I like that pick as well. Cincinnati Bengals, how about Tyler Boyd? I think he's a nice compliment to A.J. Green. You don't necessarily get faster, but you get a proven route run 
runner, a dependable pass catcher. He and A.J. Green should work nicely off of one another with Tyler Eifert. I like that selection for the Bengals. Yeah, he's he's one of, our, one of the guys on our 360 series as well. All right, Cleveland Browns, I'm going to say their very first pick. They had a million picks, but Corey Coleman to me, I thought he was the best wide receiver in the draft. We've been begging this team to address the wide receiver position. They finally did it. Can't say that, that I love all their other selections. I think you're going to get some size um, and physicality with Jordan Payton. I thought that was good value later on down the line. Uh, but to me, the big one they got there was the first one, Corey Coleman. Uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, I'm going to bypass Ezekiel Elliott, but I'm going to go to their next pick, Jalen Smith. And the reason I'm saying Jalen Smith is because this is a great job of using your resources. Uh, the team surgeon was able to operate on Jalen Smith after the thing, so they're able to really get concrete information on his prognosis. If he returns and becomes the player that we saw him for most of his career at Notre Dame, you're talking about getting two top five talents in Ezekiel Elliott and Jalen Smith. Man, I'm looking at the Denver Broncos. I love what they did. Paxton Lynch, I thought where they got him was fine, and they'll have a chance to make him a long-term guy. Uh, and then you look down, Justin Simmons, who we talked about, Devontae Booker, who we talked about, Connor McGovern from uh, Missouri, uh, going to be a good interior offensive lineman. But I'm going to go their second-round pick, a guy that I love throughout the process, Adam Gotsis from Georgia Tech, another one coming off of a knee injury. Reminded me, ironically, of Derek Wolf. Ends up going to play with Derek Wolf. Nice pick. I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions. Fourth round, Miles Killebrew from Southern Utah. I think this is the right value. I know there's a lot of conversation about him being maybe an early guy early in the process. Fourth round, day three is the perfect spot. I think he can drop in the box, and he is a vicious hitter. Uh, on the coverage, I talked about how he knocked the taste out of your mouth. I think you want that kind of presence in the middle of the field. Green Bay Packers, again, some interesting picks, but I'm going to go fourth-rounder Blake Martinez. Not ultra-athletic linebacker out of Stanford, but somebody that's instinctive and that I think could be kind of a linchpin for this football team because it will allow them to move Clay Matthews outside permanently, and Blake Mar- Martinez can handle the load inside. Very productive inside linebacker. like that. Uh, Houston Texans, how about Tyler Irvin from San Jose State? Bill O'Brien was really committed to adding speed to that offense. We saw it in Will Fuller. We saw it in Braxton Miller. But Tyler Irvin is a guy that can really impact him, not only as a uh, running back of the backfield, but in the return game. I like what he brings to the table. He should be a good, good, good player for them. All right, we're going to go lightning round here. We're at, almost out of time. Indianapolis Colts, Trevor Bates, seventh-round sleeper out of Maine, was a big fan. Who you got, Bucky? Keep uh, I'm going to go Sheldon Day, fourth round for the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, now we get to Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm going to give them D.J. White, the corner from Georgia Tech, in the sixth round. I would have taken him in the third. L.A. Rams, Favreau Cooper, because you're building this offense around uh, Jerry Goff. I think these guys are a catch-and-run playmakers. I like what he brings. Miami Dolphins, their first pick, the best player in the draft, Laramie Tunsil, which we will discuss on our next episode. Minnesota Vikings, Kentrell Brothers, very productive inside linebacker, should be a nice fit in the middle. New England Patriots, I already touched on Malcolm Mitchell, but I'm going to go Joe Tooney, third-round pick from North Carolina State, can play tackle, can play guard. How about Von Bell for the New Orleans Saints? Second-round pick. Had him on the 360 series. Smart, instinctive, should be good in the middle of the field. New York Giants, B.J. Goodson in the fourth-round. Linebacker from Clemson can play inside-out. We had their uh, head coach, Dabo Sweeney, on before the draft and went out of his way to praise B.J. Goodson. New York Jets, seventh-round pick. Sharon Peak. I don't understand why he was sitting there so low. I think he's a guy with tremendous upside. Uh, I look for him to kind of impact, have the kind of impact that Martavis Bryant was able to have for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oakland Raiders, it was a little bit early, but Carl Joseph there in Round number one, he is a big-time hitter and a playmaker at the third level of the defense. Philadelphia Eagles, how about Jalen Mills? Uh, safety from LSU comes in, will compete, gets in the middle of the field, also has some value as a former corner. Pittsburgh, I mentioned it, round three, Javon Hargrave, South Carolina State, almost, I think, 30 sacks over the last two years. If he was a Division One player, might have gone in the first round. 
San Diego Chargers, Josh Perry, playing inside linebacker. You're not comfortable with Manti Teo. Bring somebody in that can create a little competition. How about Josh Perry on the inside? San Francisco 49ers, no question. Ronald Blair, App State, fifth-round defensive end. <laughs> That's an easy one. Uh, Seattle Seahawks, I'm a, I can go with any of their running backs. But how about Alex Collins? I think he was a little undervalued during the process. Put him in, let him be a workhorse running back. I think he has some value in the fifth round. People knocked it, but Tampa Bay, Roberto Aguayo, the Love best the kicker pick. to come out in a long time. He will have a direct impact on more games than just about any other rookie in this draft class. Love the pick. Tennessee Titans, how about Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry, downhill, whammer. Reminds me of Eddie George. Goes to Eddie George's former team. Washington Redskins surprise us in the first round with Josh Dotson. I'm, I'm a big fan of that one. And, in fact, I will make that my favorite pick of the Washington Redskins. How about Sua Cravens wearing Sean Taylor's 36. number? That's a big How about that speed round, boys? That was impressive, fellas. You like that? That was impressive. I like that. That was that was quick hitter. Boom! One comment. You guys have uh, you guys have been doing uh, doing a great job. I got to give you a round of applause. Thank you, about that. Silly. And I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I apologize. Doubt. I apologize to your volunteers. Yeah, hey, that's okay. It's okay. We've got to run. Go. We've got to run and do some TV. We're gonna have a video show, a new uh, video episode of Move the Six coming out Wednesday. So be on the lookout for that. And again, if you've missed any of our Move the Six 360 series, see if these guys land with your favorite team. You'll learn a little bit more about them, including. Uh, the German wide receiver, Moritz Boehringer, who, by the way, I tried to give him the nickname Mobo. I've been told that's not going to stick. He's not a big fan. But okay, uh, so stick this, with Mo. So I'm getting in my ear that this is an audio-only show, but we'll also be on YouTube, so you can check out some of this stuff. Yeah, be sure to check us out. He's, I'm DJ. He's Bucky. We'll see you later this week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.